Andrews. Start jump. Andrews! It's time for the fastest hour of radio. Southern Race Week with your host, William Barber. Hello and welcome to the podcast edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here on your favorite podcast location, whether it's iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. We greatly appreciate taking the time to download, listen, and subscribe to the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, either on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. My name is Alfie and I'll be bringing to you this brand new week's edition of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, and it's a very special edition of the podcast as we are dedicating this week's edition to the class of 2023 at the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame in Dawsonville, Georgia, and that event will be coming up this Saturday, August 5th, and the tickets are still available, so if you want to purchase tickets or get any other information about the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame, just head on over to georgiaracinghof.com. That is georgiaracinghof.com. And you can purchase tickets and get all the latest information on what's going on at the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame in Dawsonville, Georgia. But this special edition of Southern Racing Radio's podcast is dedicated to the Georgian Racing Hall of Fame class of 2023. In fact, in just a couple of minutes, we'll be speaking with the chairman of the nominating committee for the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame, former rider for the AJC, Rick Minner. And then two of the inductees for the class, we'll hear from Ed Clark, the former president of Atlanta Motor Speedway, along with the owner of the Dawsonville Pool Hall, and one of the founders of the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame, Gordon Perkles. So we'll talk to those two inductees into the class of 2023, along with Rick Minner, who is the chairman of the nominating committee for the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame. So we'll hear from all three of those gentlemen coming up here in just moments on the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And also, don't forget about our social media platforms you can like our facebook page at facebook.com slash southern race week or follow us on twitter at srw radio and also we have an email address so feel free to email us 24 hours a day seven days a week with concerns thoughts about the program or maybe you're an up-and-coming driver who would like to get a little bit of exposure we always love hearing from all our great racing fans and listeners to the southern race week radio podcast so email us at srw radio at yahoo.com that is srw radio at yahoo.com. But before we get into those great interviews here on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio podcast, let's take a look at all the action that happened in the world of racing this past weekend with the racing recap here on Southern Race Week as both NASCAR, the Truck Series, Xfinity Series, and Cup Series, along with the NHRA, were all in action uh, this past weekend. So let's take a look at the world of NASCAR and see what happened there. First to the truck series from the Richmond Raceway. As Carson Hosever's race started in the pits with a flat tire, even before the green flag for last Saturday night's Worldwide Express 250 Richmond Raceway, and ended with a celebration in victory lane. The 20-year-old driver in the number 42 Nice Motorsport Chevrolet passed the night's most dominant driver, Ty Majeski, with only four laps remaining thanks to pit road strategy and a fast Chevy Silverado claim his third victory of the season by 2.308 seconds over Majeski. Corey Hine officially became the NASCAR Truck Series 2023 regular season champion with a third place finish in the opening stage. The 21-year-old driver in the number 11 Tricon Garage Toyota will start the seven-race playoff portion of the season with an important 15-point bonus thanks to an incredible run to the regular season title that included a pair of wins. He finished sixth on Saturday, his series' best 13th top 10 finish in 16 races. Tom Majeski was your runner-up in that race. Zane Smith finishing third, Jake Garcia in fourth, and Matt Mills rounding out the top five. 
and taking a look at the playoff standings as we get set to kick off the Truck Series playoffs in just a couple of weeks. Corey Hine is your overall ranked driver. Zane Smith is second. Carson Hosever is third. Christian Eckes is in fourth. Grant Enfinger in fifth. Ty Majeski is sixth. Ben Rhodes is seventh. Nick Sanchez is eighth. Matt DiBenedetto is ninth. And Matt Crafton rounds out the top ten. And those are your ten drivers will be battling now for a championship in the Truck Series in 2023. Over to action in the Xfinity Series, Sam Mayer moved from Wisconsin to North Carolina as a teenager to pursue his racing dreams more seriously with Junior Motorsports. A return to his home state last Saturday ended with the 20-year-old's first NASCAR Xfinity Series victory. Mayer pulled ahead for good in the next-to-last lap of a wild second overtime session to win at Road America, about an hour's drive from his hometown of Franklin, Wisconsin. That elusive first victory came in his 72nd Xfinity start. Mayer won by 0.368 seconds over Parker Klingerman on the sprawling 14-turn, 4.084-mile road course. They were followed in order by Austin Hill, Sage Caron, and Riley Herbst. And taking a look at the current point standings right now in the Xfinity Series, Austin Hill is your number one ranked driver. He's also your overall points leader right now. He's had four wins on the season. John Hunter Nemechek is in second position, also with four wins on the season. Cole Custer is third with two wins. Justin Allgaier is fourth with a win. Sam Mayer is in fifth position with his first win of the season this past weekend. Chandler Smith is in sixth with a win. Sammy Smith is seventh with a win. And Jeb Burton is in eighth position with the win. Spots 9 through 12 are into the playoffs right now via points. These drivers do not have a win on the season as of yet. That is Josh Berry in ninth. Daniel Hemrick is 10th. Riley Herbst is 11th. And Sheldon Creed rounding out the top 12. Over to the Cup Series, Chris Buescher was already in good position to qualify for NASCAR's playoffs. Buescher pulled away on a restart with three laps to go to win at Richmond Raceway last Sunday and snagged one of the final spots in the NASCAR's playoff field. Busher led 88 laps and was ahead by nearly six seconds when a caution came out with under 10 laps to go. That erased his lead over Virginia native Denny Hamlin, who was booed by his hometown crowd before the race. But Hamlin got a poor final restart, and Busher easily pulled away for his first Cup Series win of the season and the third of his career. Denny Hamlin was your runner-up. Kyle Busch finishing third, Joe Logano in fourth, and Ryan Priest rounding out the top five. And taking a look at the point standings right now in the Cup Series, William Byron is your number one ranked driver. He has four wins on the season. Martin Truex Jr. is in second position. He's also the overall points leader right now with three wins on the season. Kyle Busch is in third position with three wins. Denny Hamlin is fourth with two wins. Kyle Larson is in fifth position with two wins. Christopher Bell is in sixth with a win. Ross Chastain seventh with a win. Ryan Blaney is eighth with a win. Joey Logano is ninth with a win. Tyler Reddick is tenth with a win. Chris Buescher is 11th with a win after this past weekend at Richmond. And Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is in 12th, also into the playoffs with a win. Spots 13 through 16 are into the playoffs right now via points. These drivers do not have a win this season as of yet. That's Kevin Harvick in 13th. Brad Keselowski is in 14th. Bubba Wallace is 15th. And Michael McDowell rounding out the top 16. Taking a look at the point standings right now in the IndyCar series as IndyCar was off this past weekend. Alex Pillow is your overall points leader. Joseph Newgarden is in second. Scott Dixon in third. Marcus Erickson is in fourth. And Scott McLaughlin rounding out the top five. Over to NHRA action this past weekend as the West Coast Swing wraps up this past weekend. And Gage Herrera becomes the ninth driver to sweep the Western Swing 
while Justin Ashley and J.R. Todd secured Nitro wins at the NHRA Sonoma Nationals this past weekend. And check out other drivers who won Wallies and the current point standings in the NHRA. Just head on over to NHRA.com. And taking a look at action coming up this weekend in the world of racing, the IndyCar Series will be back in action for the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix going through the streets of Nashville, Tennessee. That'll be August 6th. The green flag will drop at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch the action on NBC, Peacock, and also radio coverage provided by Sirius XM Radio. And then over to NASCAR as the Xfinity Series and Cup Series will be in action. The Xfinity Series will be at Michigan International Speedway Saturday, August 5th for the Cabo Wabo 250. The green flag will drop at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch the race on the big NBC. Radio coverage provided by the Motor Racing Network, which can also be heard on Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90. And then the Cub Series also at Michigan on Sunday, August 6th for the Firekeepers Casino 400. The green flag will drop at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can catch the race on USA. Radio coverage provided by the Motor Racing Network, which can also be heard on Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90. So there you go. That's a look at your racing recap from all the action this past weekend right here on the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Hey, guys, this is Jansen Marshbanks, Tour and 12 driver of the Cars Tour, and you are listening to Southern Race Week. All right, race fans, welcome back to this edition of Southern Race Week right here on your great racing station or your favorite podcast location. Here on the show, we couldn't do it without great help and great support from great and talented and professional People in the business. And this guy right here is a name that everybody knows. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the old Food Depot hotline. Here is none other than Rick Menner. Rick, welcome back to the show, sir. It's good to be back on. Man, it's great to have you, man. Great to have you and everything. And how's the uh, how's the tractor tractor show business going these days before we start talking we're racing? Busy, we're just as busy as we can be. Our next show will be our 26th Inman Farm Heritage Days on September 15th, 16th, and 17th. So hope lots of y'all come out here and see us on that weekend. And where do people need to go to find out about that? Because I had that last time we had you on the show, people asked me, where is Inman Farm? Where is Inman Farm? So tell us where people can go to find out more about is there a facebook page or something or your Facebook? we have inman farm heritage days facebook page i think there's also a uh instagram page and there's a youtube channel inman farm heritage days and then also our mentors farm website will have information about inman farm heritage days on there all right then well listen or you can follow my or you can follow my personal facebook page i try to keep everything on my personal page as well as the the farm pages so if you follow follow me you can find out all about it that's rick mentor m-i-n-t-e-r correct that's correct all right then well rick's uh rick's been a long time journalist covering short track racing action and um we have all we've known him for a long time and uh he's working with the uh, hall of fame of racing and it's about time for the announcement of this year's recipient and the big event coming up in august the 5th Tell me about it, brother. Well, this will be the, the five going in will be inducted on August the 5th in the afternoon up at the Hall of Fame in Dawsonville. We'll also honor the winner of the Jimmy Mosteller Award, which is, anybody been around racing in Georgia a long time, I don't need to tell you what Jimmy Mosteller meant to the sport. He is a long-time announcer. Helped get to have a Tampa Dirt Series up and running. Just really, really put a lot of, into the sport back in the day. And this year, um, one of his – I guess co-workers back in the day, a guy he brought along, Johnny Clark, the longtime announcer at Dixie and Rome Speedways, is getting the Mosteller Award this year. So it'd be great to see Johnny up there. And I've 
I've been a big fan of Johnny's for years. I, I mean, I've, I've been a fair Dixie, like on those long Sunday races and Saturday night races. He's just as enthusiastic at the very last hot shot or whatever they run at the very end of the show as he is at 4 o'clock in the afternoon when he's welcoming people to the track. He's just he's just been a really an asset for the whole sport, but particularly for Dixie and Rome Speedway and for the drag trips he worked at back early in his career. But he's been announcing since he could wasn't much taller than a microphone. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, when Southern Race Week was Southern Race Week TV uh, back in the day. Uh, I would go up and uh, talk with him during the, during the races and uh, talk about what the show's doing and this, that, and the other while the the video the videographers were out and about getting B-roll and, and shots like that and interviews with the winners and everything. So he was always very welcoming. Um, you know, to, uh, cause I remember the first time I walked into his thing, you know, he's like, uh, Hey, how you doing? What's going on? I mean, he was just, just, he wasn't, you know, rude about nothing. He just like, welcome in, come on in, have a, have a seat, talk on the microphone if you want to. So well, you, you can't fake that kind of enthusiasm. Nope. I think it, I think it has a lot to do with your experience at the racetrack. If the announcers is, if the announcers are half as good as Johnny Clark, you're going to have a good time at the racetrack, no matter how the racing is on the track itself. They, he just, he just makes their shows a fun place to be. And I, I just can't say enough good things about Johnny Clark. Me neither, man. Me neither. Well, let's talk about, uh, the, 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 the hall of fame and how people can find out more information about it real quick as, as we get more into on some of the other inductees for this, uh, for this event. Well, you can Google Georgia Racing Hall of Fame, but I think it's georgiaracinghof.com is the website. But there's also a Georgia Racing Hall of Fame Association, which is a separate organization, but they do support the Hall of Fame, but the Hall of Fame has its own site. And I think it's georgiaracinghof.com. But, yes, yeah, right there in, in Dawsonville, and it's a, it's, it's a real – I mean, I've been to a lot of racing museums, and that's one of the best ones I've ever been to. It's it's, it's a well-kept secret to probably people outside Georgia don't realize how good a museum there is up there. It's a – it's a fabulous place in the, in the, in the top of the list of inductees this year is a guy named Gordon Perkle. And if you don't know Gordon Perkle, you don't know much about racing. Cause he, he for years has sounded a siren at the Dawsonville pool hall. Anytime an Elliott wins a race somewhere and just, he really kept that thing going through some hard times back in the beginning. And he's, he's seen to it that it's grown and stayed true to its mission and just been a great, great guy. And for years, um, I'm chairman of the nominate committee. He just refused to let us put his name on the ballot, but he has done so much that we felt like this year, we really need to honor him and let him get some accolades for what he's done in the past. So we, we let the process get a little ways along, but we let him know, but he, he at least didn't throw a fit and tell us to stop. So he, uh, Gordon has done so much for that hall of fame and it's just great to see him getting honored. And I, I know, you know, people in that community that don't even really follow racing or buying tickets just to go see him and participate in his, in honoring him up there on, on Saturday, Saturday week, Saturday week, August uh, the 5th, uh, between one and 4 PM. And, uh, listen folks, if, uh, if you're up near the Dawsonville area, uh, whether you go to this event, uh, make sure that you always stop in by the hall of fame, check out the great exhibits and, and, and that way you can learn a little bit about racing, uh, from the Georgia perspective of how it all got started. And, uh, shoot, you, you never know. You just might run into Chase Elliott or Bill Elliott or somebody while you're there. Or Gordon Purple. Or Gordon Purple. Yeah. You never, you never know who you're going to run. Yeah. Or you might run into Rick Minner. <laughs> you know, come on. Hey, hello. That's uh, true. Well, also going in this year is Ed Clark. I'm sure 
all of your listeners are familiar with Ed, the longtime president of Atlanta Motor Speedway, and he's done. He did a tremendous job at his time at the racetrack because, as y'all probably more aware than anybody, you know, Atlanta has got a lot of sports competition. You know, a lot of a lot of racetracks are in towns that don't have professional football and basketball and baseball. baseball. You know, they just there's just a lot of competition for soccer attention, attention from the yeah attention from the media and from fans and everything else. And, and he you know he he had a harder road to hoe than a lot of people in similar jobs at racetracks across the country. And he just did a great job with it. And you know, and his, his he's just been a real credit to the sport. And he's he's fun racing to watch when he raced legends cars and Thunder Roadsters back in the day. I always enjoyed watching him. You know, get to kick back on Thursday nights and. And he, he probably could have been a pretty good racer. You know, he ran a, a one of those old uh, baby grand races at Rockingham on the speed on the super speedway back when he was a young guy. But he, he worked at Nashville and Bristol and Charlotte before he came here with with uh, Speedway Motorsports and just you know, he you know, I always felt like that highway down there should have been named Ed Clark Highway instead of Bruton Smith Parkway, but I understand Bruton was you know, the big guy, but Ed probably had more to do with getting that road paved than anybody else and say it's hard to say any it's hard to say enough good things about Ed Clark. It is, it is. And speaking of Ed in Nashville, you know, there's a another big round of push uh, from the Nashville community. There's been a, another big push from the community to try to make sure that Nashville Speedway gets saved uh, and remains a, uh, a viable racetrack uh, because I know that the NASCAR series, many NASCAR series, are looking at Nashville um, Fairground Speedway as being a place to maybe do some type of racing there. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I think the best thing that could have happened in Nashville is that huge success at North Wilkesboro bringing it back and running the all-star race series because that place had just about been taken over by the bushes and weeds. And, it, you know, it's in an out-of-the-way town. That's the reason they took the race away from it, which is not the case for Nashville, but North Wilkesboro has proven that people would go back to a racetrack that was popular back in the day and you know, I'd like to see Rockingham and Nashville back on the circuit. But on the other hand, I'd also like to see Nashville Super Speedway have a race too, because that's a great racetrack and it's modern and it's a different kind of racing than the fairgrounds. But I, I think there's a future for the fairgrounds and, and kind of like North Wilkesboro, the one best thing about it, you got Dale Earnhardt Jr. on the side of bringing it back. And, and that guy, I mean, he carries a lot of sway, not just with the, the, the hardcore fans, but with casual racing fans too. So if, if Dale Jr. is for it, it's got a lot better chance of happening. So I, I feel like that, that down, you know, for too long, hopefully you'll be hearing about maybe an all-star race or something at the fairgrounds. Well, I tell you what, uh, you know, Rick, uh, talking about Dale Jr., you know, uh, it surprises me. I, I mean, I, I watch his podcast on YouTube, uh, and just to, to see this guy's passion um, for, for, for short tracks, uh, and wanting to make sure that they don't end up being, you know, just lost and, 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 and overgrown and all this other stuff. Um, it just really, you know, surprises me knowing his background and, and his him and his dad's relationship when they first started racing together wasn't, you know, that wasn't so tight and everything like that until he started winning <laughs> on the NAS- yeah. NASCAR cert. He could win every gum short track race in the world, and it didn't matter to Dale Sr. But, he, um, you know, to see that passion for those short tracks and everything that Dale has done and to um, to support a series that he's like he's doing with Harvick, that is just amazing. But listen, let's start real quick again. Remind everybody what we're really talking about here is the Hall of Fame and tell folks where they can go to get their tickets and what they need to do. 
uh, just contact the Hall of Fame and purchase your tickets before you go, because I'm sure at some point they'll sell out a ticket. So but try to try to go on and get your orders in and contact them up there in Dawsonville. I should have had the phone number with me. I apologize for that. But you can also look up their website and go through there. But um, let's go on down the list. And another one on that list that means a lot to me and probably to y'all too is Hans Pollard, the, the uh, longtime the founder and longtime promoter down at Sonora Raceway. He passed away years ago, but his son, Sonny Pollard, and their family purchased the racetrack back and built it back to something Hans would be very proud of. And his grandson, Bubba Pollard, I mean, I would argue he's one of the top three or four short track drivers in the country. I mean, he's carried on his granddaddy's legacy in a big way, and that's that's probably a lot of reasons voters chose Hans. But he was he was a great promoter, and he actually got me started in the media business. My dad was the editor of the Journal of Constitution when I was coming along as a teenager, and they had strict nepotism rules, so there wasn't much future for me at that time with the Atlanta paper. And um, Hans came by one day at the little country store. I'm looking right at the window at it right now called me outside, and I thought, what's he doing? And he said, he gave me a red season pass. He said, I know you talk up racing, and I want you to be at my race. And I said, Mr. Paul, I don't feel like I deserve it. And he said, no, I want you to have it. And I just couldn't take that pass without giving something back. And I started calling in results, a little paragraph to the Atlanta paper, which my name wasn't on them, so that didn't violate the nepotism rule. I wasn't getting paid. And I also called him into radio stations. And I'm sure none of y'all old enough to remember WPLO, the FM station. It was a big powerhouse signal back in the day. And and uh, several other the, the country music stations, would, I would call results into them. And that's how I got started in the, in the media business was because of Mr. Pollard. So I'll be especially happy to see him go in this year. And also going in are Bob Leach, who's a short track, asphalt short track racer back in the, in the latter days of the Peach Bowl, in the early days of like the track at Jefferson and Macon and the asphalt tracks around. Really successful driver in his time. And Speedy Evans from up around Dawsonville was one of the early innovative car builders when people were building stuff with cutting torches and welders he, he, he was way ahead of his time with technology and chassis design and handling and stuff he was i mean even like roscoe smith down in griffin told me he told me not long ago he learned a lot from speedy evans even though they were on the opposite side of town and really competitors as far as building cars but, but he was he was really big in the sport particularly to, to race drivers in north georgia so we got a great class of five going in plus johnny getting the the Mosteller Award. It's just, just going to be a big thing up there. Hi, I'm Nick Sanchez, driver of the number two Maxi Going Chevrolet, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network itself. As we continue on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, as we're doing a very special edition of Southern Race Week Radio as we celebrate the induction ceremonies for the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame, which will be taking place on Saturday, August 5th. And if you want to purchase tickets to the induction banquet for these great inductees, just head on over to georgiaracinghof.com. That is georgiaracinghof.com to purchase your tickets and get information for the upcoming induction ceremonies for the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame once again on Saturday, August 5th. And we're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot hotline, who will be one of the inductees to this upcoming class of the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame, former general manager of Atlanta Motor Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in great friend of the show that we haven't had on the program here in quite some time. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Ed Clark. Mr. Clark, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio, sir. Hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. 
Well, I am. It's certainly my pleasure to join you. I've been doing this for a lot of years and uh, had a lot of interesting conversations. I'm sure today will be no different. Oh, we're looking forward to this great conversation. I'm sure you had some great conversations with WB back in the days when you used to do these uh, fabulous interviews here on uh, Southern Race Week Radio. Absolutely. We, we've had a lot of fun. We've talked about a lot of interesting uh, com- uh, subjects but uh, enjoyed every single one of them. Yeah, and most of our conversations always dealt with race week at AMS when you were the uh, general manager of the racetrack, but uh, obviously this conversation will be a little bit different because you are being honored on Saturday, August 5th, as you're a part of the induction class for 2023 at the uh, Georgia Racing Hall of Fame. What are your thoughts as you get set to be immortalized at the uh, Georgia Racing Hall of Fame? Well, it's it's really an honor and a privilege. You know, there's there's some great, racing talent and, and individuals who've been associated with racing uh, who are already a part of the Hall of Fame there. It's uh, it's it's very humbling to be included in that group. And uh, let me say this, for people who've not been to Dawsonville and seen the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame, they really need to go. It is a true treasure for this state and for race fans in this area. Um, they, they do a great job. They've got some wonderful displays there. Well worth the time and, and the effort it takes to, to drive up and, and, and take a walk through and, and see all the wonderful things they've got there. And it's continuing to expand and grow. Um, you know, there, Cindy Elliott is, is the director, but, um, there is a big group of amazing volunteers who give their time to help out and, and, and make everything possible. And so if you haven't been and gone to see it, you really need to go up and take a look. But one of the great, great stories, and, and it's an amazing story, and I've heard you told, tell it many times, is that the first event that you worked at Atlanta Motor Speedway by far was probably one of the most memorable races as we look back at the 75-year history of Atlanta Motor Speedway as you were there for a great event, which was Bill Elliott winning a race, Alan Kowicki winning the championship. You had the King Richard Petty with his last race, and then Jeff Gordon with his first race in his NASCAR Cup Series career. Tell us a little bit about that race and what you remember from that first uh, event that you were the general manager for at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Well, it it was probably certainly one of the top three or four highlights of, of my entire career. Number one, first race here at Atlanta, learning a lot about what we needed to do in, 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 in this position, what to do. Um, I actually started work, took the job, moved here from our track in Charlotte in July, and the race was in November. It was the final race of the season back then. The second day I was here, we sold the last reserve seat. And I was so excited, I couldn't wait. I called Bruton Smith, my boss, and tell him the good news. And in typical Bruton fashion, his response was, what took you so long? I've been on the job a little less than 24 hours. But that was Bruton. We always had a lot of fun, um, and it was a memorable day. Uh, You mentioned all those things. Uh, in, In addition to the list you ran out there, there are also six drivers who mathematically had a chance to win the championship that day. So I never, my pants were about to fall down from all the radios I was carrying. We had to coordinate the Richard Petty last race, last ride around the track after the race. We had to coordinate victory lane for the race winner. And if the race winner was not the champion, also the champion celebration, a lot, a lot of great memories of that day. And, and, I don't care which list you look at. I've seen multiple lists of what's the greatest races of all time. That event's always in the top 
three or four. Um, some people say it's the greatest NASCAR race ever because of all the storylines. But it was a memorable day, a great way to start my career there at Atlanta Motor Speedway, and that was November of 1992, and uh, had a lot of great memories since then. Speaking with Ed Clark here on Southern Race Week Radio as we get set for the induction banquet as he'll be inducted into the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame. That'll be Saturday, August 5th. And uh, Mr. Clark, uh, the track has made so many changes since uh, you first started there till the day you, you hung up and, and retired from running Atlanta Motor Speedway. What are one of the changes or, or one of the things you've done to the track that you're the most proud of as far as your, your career there at the track? Well, I, I I don't know that there's any one. You know, it was a complete transformation of what the facility was in 1990 when Speedway Motorsports purchased it to what it is today. And, uh, you know, we would run races back in those early years, back in the 90s. We'd run a race Monday morning at 8 o'clock the day after the race. We were starting to tear something up to rebuild it better. And uh, that was an ongoing thing just about every race for years uh, till, till basically we got the facility rebuilt. I, I think generally, instead of any one thing, I would just say Bruton's vision of, of what he wanted to create. Uh, I always told people Bruton's success was because he was the biggest race fan I knew. He knew what the fans wanted because he was a fan himself. Um, no bigger fan in the world. And I think that showed in, in some of the amenities that, that we were able to build there to make things better for the fans. Um, we worked diligently and got the traffic situation improved, um, better facilities, uh, improved the infield, improved the grandstands, improved the suite level, all of those things. Um, so I, I don't know of anyone. I'm really proud also of the, the repave that's been done. I think it has totally transformed racing at Atlanta Motor Speedway and made it one of the most competitive tracks on the entire circuit race in and race out since that's been done. Well, uh, Mr. Clark, you definitely have done a lot of great things for that track. We miss seeing you there running things, although you occasionally – I've seen you pretty much every time or there for a race weekend since you've retired. So it's always great to still be able to see you a couple of times a year and uh, still working hard to help improve things there at Atlanta Motor Speedway as uh, well. Uh, once again, uh, congratulations to Mr. Clark. He'll be inducted to the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame. That'll be Saturday, August 5th. And to purchase your tickets and get information, just go to georgiaracinghof.com. That is georgiaracinghof.com. Hey, this is Brandon Jones, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to Southern Race Week radio show and podcast. Uh, Alfie? We had uh, recently uh, had a chance to catch up with Gordon Perkle about the uh, Georgia Racing Hall of Fame and how cool it was for that to be set up in Dawsonville. Now, here on the Food Depot Hotline, here's Gordon Perkle. Well, thank you, thank you. The Georgia Racing Hall of Fame. You know, uh, I got to say, man, that 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 place is where you can. Just like you said, you can learn the grassroots of racing. A lot of people don't know that NASCAR, while, you know, a lot of people think, oh, NASCAR got started in Daytona on the beaches and this, that, and the other. But no, well, it, it really got started. You tell them. Tell them, Gordon. Let them yeah, have. I don't say NASCAR does. Started here. I think it was conceived in the old Sawline Hotel and started at Daytona. Right. But the boys at Dawsonville was racing way before Bill France. Bill came up here and got Raymond bring these boys down. But in the very beginning, it was all the liquor halls like Royal Hall, Lord C, and Gobososi, that bunch. But 
some of the big liquor guys got down here on the river bar in a big cornfield uh-huh. uh, about five miles below the town here and made a makeshift uh, track out there and always doing betting who had the best drivers. It was Sunday. Well, a crowd started showing up for that. And Frank Christen, who was one of the founders of NASCAR and lived 15 miles up the road, he was sorted out big in moonshine. He was big in number business. So he was coming up that Sunday evening from Atlanta, and he seen all that dust down there, and he drove down there to see what's going on. He could see dollar signs like that. So next Monday, he was camped out at City Hall in Atlanta and rented the old horse track at uh, Lakewood Fairgrounds. Uh, yeah. And uh, that was the beginning of uh, any start car racing in this part of the country that I know of. But that was in the A-Mars day. It was for the V8 engine. And wow. uh, so I know that has to be pretty much the first of it. And uh, and then it turned in this, and we can claim 72 Daytona winners from Dawsonville, Georgia, this small town, 2000. Now, you're talking about, uh, if you're just showing us here, I'm talking with Gordon from the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame, uh, and he is the owner of uh, the Dawson, uh, Dawsonville Pool Room. Now, if you'd like more information about the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame, you can check out GeorgiaRacingHOF.com. It's GeorgiaRacingHOF.com, and you can find out uh, times that they're open and the best uh, way for you to get directions and everything like that. The uh, Gordon talking about the, the NASCAR, you threw out a a gentleman's name that uh, we had on the show back uh, several times uh, when we started the radio version of Southern Race Week, Raymond Parks. Uh, oh, he was my hero. Yes, I tell you, you you threw out that name, Raymond, and I knew you had to be talking about Mr. Parks. He was uh, he was a vital role in being one of the first um, official NASCAR, if you will, team owners. Is that not right? Oh, yeah. Yes, and he did. He had three cars in the very beginning. He would bring, and uh, I, he actually brought four cars. He had uh, Royal Hall, Lord C, and um, well, those two. And then, then yeah, Red Baron. He had them cars, but he entered a fourth car, and sometimes he would drive it himself if he couldn't somebody drive it. And that day is right backwards from what it is now. The uh, points went with the drivers, not the car, like it does now. Uh. So if if uh, Lord C was leading in the points and everything, and he fell out, he would get out. I know once uh, Raymond was winning a race, and I think it was up at the old racetrack at Charlotte, and uh, uh, Red Band fell out, and he was leading in the points or something. Uh, Raymond came in the pits and got out and let him get in his car, and he won the race. Uh, uh, Red Brown did. Wow. But Raymond would probably won that race if he hadn't got out of it. I'll be dog now. I, I know Mr. Parks. He he used to be in the uh, quote unquote the moonshine business. And then he was the, the one of the first NASCAR, I guess you could say, first team owners and a racer. But he also uh, had him uh, had him a few uh, uh, adult beverage liquor stores across Georgia, and one of them that he originally had set 
one block away from our offices in Buckhead, Georgia, in downtown Atlanta, and it still sits there today. And you can even tell where he had uh, the shop bays, if you will, or garage space there to work on cars while while they were there. Yes, yes. My wife was like, you know, we ought to go up to Dawsonville this weekend and hang out yeah, and, you and, to. And, and watch yeah. and, get, and find us a little, you know, go over there to the pool you hall. Might, and, you might have to get your room outside of Atlanta. <laughs> exactly. Well, we wanted to come up to the pool hall and come up there and watch the George game and stuff and see George play uh, Florida, you know, and, and hang out in Dawsonville for the weekend. Oh, great. And, we, and then we were like, you know, we'll get us a room in Dawsonville. And we're like, uh, you the nearest thing to that to get in a room in Dawsonville this weekend it was Chattanooga and, and Atlanta so now we they, know what's going they on they have a, a classic car show right here at the in the parking lot and now they're having fun they've been from up in the school because they, they've about 1500 show cars here Wow! and then downtown they place all these they say 44 34 up to the moonshine area cars uh-huh. and uh, they about two hundred them displaced, like just on display. Wow. Well, um, what else are some of the things uh, that people can see up at the Hall of Fame? Here is we got about a minute and a half here uh, that folks can come see. And how much does it cost to come into the Hall of Fame? It's six dollars for adults, fifty-five for seniors. That's fifty-five and up, and two dollars for. Uh, kids over 12, I think. Okay. All right, then. So it's reasonably priced. The Georgia Racing Hall of Fame up in Dawsonville and also the Dawsonville Pool Hall. I got uh, Gordon on the old Food Depot hotline here. If y'all would like more information or maybe uh, check out some of the events that they got going on, check out GeorgiaRacingHOF.com. That's GeorgiaRacingHOF.com. Dot com and you can get all the details right there. Gordon, I'd listen, man. I'm just going to tell you if I can pin you down from time to time, I'd love to have you back on the show and talk more about the history of racing. Bro. Oh, I'd be glad to. I'm more than glad to. Y'all have a great time this weekend, and we can't wait to come up and see you real soon at the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame and the Dawsonville Pool Hall, buddy. Thank you so much. I'm Julia Landauer, NASCAR Xfinity Series racer, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Welcome back to the special week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southie. As we wrap up, as I mentioned, the special edition of Southern Race Week Radio as we um, celebrate the class of 2023 entering the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame and the induction ceremonies will take place on Saturday, August 5th. For more information or to purchase tickets to the uh, to the induction banquet for the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame class of 2023, just head on over to Georgia Racing HOF. That is GeorgiaRacingHOF.com for information and to purchase your tickets for the 2023 Georgia Racing Hall of Fame induction banquet. And also thanks to our great guests for joining us this week. Of course, Rick Minner. One of the many brains of the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame and the induction ceremony, along with two of the inductees, Mr. Ed Clark and also Gordon Perkle. So congratulations to those two fine men, as well as the other three gentlemen who will be inducted into the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame class of 2023. 
And also check out our social media platforms. We're providing for you racing news and information 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. So like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week or follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. And also we do have an email address. So feel free to email me anytime. Let us know what you think about the program. Maybe someone we should be covering or maybe you're an up-and-coming driver who would like to get on the program and talk about your racing team. Well, you can do that. Let us know. All you got to do is email Email us, as I mentioned, to srwradio at yahoo.com. Once again, that is srwradio at yahoo.com. And once again, we really appreciate taking the time to tune in and listen. And don't forget about the podcast version of Southern Race Week Radio, which is available for you every Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll catch back up with you next week right here on Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. (music) 